pass. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Ugh. I hate this goddamn episode. Forgive me. I'm just, I want to jump out with that. It's well-directed. LeVar Burton. Just talking about him. He's a great job. There's some decent music and some terrible music. They meet an alien race. They've never met before. That the Vulcans have never met before. But it's okay, because the Universal Translator, which barely should exist, works perfectly instantly. Okay, cool. Can I skip, please? No. I want to. I don't want to talk about this goddamn episode. It's okay, they've been making these super strong holes for over a century now. Because of course they have. And they just eat random food. Did they scan them first? I mean, I'd like to think that they scan people for things before they accidentally feed them poison. I mean, we have allergies here, you know? I'm just saying. Someone with a really bad nut allergy? And that's the same species, for God's sakes. This is one of the last episodes of television that Andreas Katsoulis was involved in. Did you know that? You can almost tell. Uh, before he passed away, which sucks that we lost him and that he died, but um, you can almost tell he, he's he, there's a there's a somberness to him. There's a muted thing to him, which is funny because I usually think of him as being the bombastic guy, and yeah, maybe it's just the role. Could just be the directing. I don't know. I don't know. He does he does a good job. Credit good 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 acting. Uh, we also have Rio Rio back who plays Munez. Or I mean, oh wait, he didn't get a name. Despite being one of the major guest stars of this episode, he's literally unnamed. I'll look it up. He's the chief engineer. <laughs> Whatever. Um, there's this cute bit. That, like, there's a couple of cute bits, right? Flux is like, I've got pictures of how you copulate with three genders. And <laughs> he's so excited to share them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that actually got a laugh out of me. That actually got a laugh out of me. I like that. And, uh, you know... The bit where, after I finished Shakespeare last night... Okay, I read fast, but I don't read that fast. Holy crap. Yeah, these guys are really advanced. The episode constantly bangs on about how incredibly technologically advanced these people are. It's really fascinating for a race that we never heard of before and will never hear of again. I checked. In fact, I double-checked, just to be sure. I know I, I bang on about that point a lot. Bang, bang, bang. But... It really does irritate me how many races of the week we've met. This is this goes back to TNG. Hell, this goes back to TOS, actually, where we meet a race of the week, and they're just super advanced. And they have to be, after all. How else could they be threatening if they're not super advanced? In this case, they're not a threat. Credit on that one. This is actually a concept episode. You'll notice there's no real threat of the week, which is great. And you'll notice that I'm mostly speaking positively about the episode, other than some irritations. You know, they're, they're just... Why are these guys super advanced? But you know what? Whatever. They like to stay isolated, sure. And then they got crushed by the Klingon Empire. There we go. Head cannon. We're good. Um, they also mentioned they've had warp drives since the 12th century, so that's neat. Um, there's also, just to really emphasize this, they fly into the, the, the chunk of the sun. I forget which chunk, please forgive me. I don't think they actually said. But they fly really close to the surface of the sun in a pod. That's really impressive. Uh, that's so impressive that it would take all the advanced races of the rest of the galaxy 216 years to replicate that feat. No, really, I counted. That's the episode where they come up with the uh, the shielding. The Ferengi, right? You know that one? Yeah. 
How do they have all this cheese and fruit on board? You ever wonder that? Where do they get their supplies from? They don't have replicators yet. Actually, I hate to continue to about this point, but it would make a little bit more sense if they were in the home sector and so they make regular trips back to Earth to restock. You know, that, that would explain how they have fresh fruit on the Enterprise and fresh cheese and like eight, I think it was, different types of cheese. So, uh, there's a cool cultural little tidbit. Apparently their species values aroma over taste. That's kind of cool. You know, it's very Braga. It has his fingerprints on it. And um, there's also this admittedly hilarious bit where the woman insists that she has sex with Reed because only if she's enjoyed the experience would she be willing to have dinner with him. That has Berman's fingerprints all over it. But then... Uh, uh, is that it? That's it. That's all I can talk about with the side stuff. Because all that's left is the main point. Real quick, before I go into it, how many of you dislike this episode and or are pissed off about this episode? Legitimate question. Because before I go into the whys, I want to know if I'm just alone on this one. I actually asked Mr. Reloaded uh, right before I sat down to record this if he had any thoughts. And he didn't. He didn't even remember the episode other than like vague things. So he just walked away from that question. And so I didn't have anything to go off of here. And unfortunately, I couldn't get a hold of any of my other Trek fan uh, friends, Trek geek friends, in time to pull them. So unfortunately, I just have myself to go off of here. I wanted to punch something after this one. But I want to explain why. So first, they have this third gender. Okay, whatever. They, the... Now, what's interesting is that's not the issue. Now... There's this insistence on calling them her instead of they or them or whatever. And that's irritating. I'm not going to lie about that. But considering the time and considering the whatever, sure, okay, that's better than I was expecting. What is interesting is they go out of their way to, cl to clarify this person as a person, whereas the actual Vizians call them it, which is... It has more connotations of negativity, right? Now, that's the actual point, not the third gender. That's actually kind of irrelevant to the overall point of the episode. The point is that this is a second-class citizen. This is someone who does not have rights or um, reasonability, someone who has not even been taught to read, despite having intellectual capacity. This is a slave caste, is what this is. Okay? Uh, you could argue this is a slave race, given the fact that apparently all cogenitors, all members of this third gender qualify as under this status of slavery. Now, you could argue whether this qualifies as slavery or not, because slavery is a gradient. This wouldn't be chattel slavery, for example, which is the worst type and can go to hell. This would probably be closer to indentured servitude. You get to stay here and eat and drink, and otherwise you do what you're told, right? Now, whether that's acceptable or not, you, you go ahead and make up your own mind. I'm not here to lecture about that, although the episode certainly is. But I want you to pay attention to how the episode frames it. There's this wondrous music, you know, the, the happy music's playing. Um, Charles uh, is desperately eager to learn. You know, they constantly want to try and eat up information. They learn how to play Go very well, I might add. 
Uh, overemphasizing the point, if I'm being blunt, this person is apparently quite intelligent, uh, but then again, the whole species is, so that's whatever. Um, they learn to read very quickly. They enjoy cinema. They enjoy music. I like how they hit that, by the way. Go, cinema, and uh, reading, excuse me. Go, reading, and music as like the three big points that fiction likes to hit when it comes to establishing intelligence. It's even classical music, for God's sakes, just to really make that point. And I'm not complaining, I'm just commenting on it because the episode is going way out of its way to emphasize that this person is intelligent. Intelligent enough to know what it's talking about. It, right? Because that's the whole point. It doesn't actually have rights because culture. Oh, please tell me I wrote that quote down. Sorry. I swear I wrote that quote down. Give, give me just one second. I know I did. I just, I'm not sure where. I have, I have notes all over the place. Uh, it's probably here. If it's not here, then I'm just going to give up on it. Yeah, it's not here. That's all right. It might be on my phone. I'll check my phone a little bit more. But my point about all this is they are, tr are being portrayed universally as a sentient, sapient being. Someone who has more than enough mind, capacity, uh, sentient, sapient, ability, cognitive, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to, what words you want to use there. To qualify as an independent individual, Right? I don't have the quote here. It's a shame because it's a great quote. Um, I thought I had it written down somewhere in case I ever need to reference it. There is no law that exists to deny the state of freedom to an entity that has the intelligence to understand it and the desire to grasp it. Paraphrased. Now, Charles asked for asylum. They asked to stay. Okay, so now we, we have a problem. This could have been a fascinating and engaging topic because you, you've just made first contact and this species you and no one else has ever even heard of has a member of it who is asking you for asylum because they believe that they are being mistreated. I want you to imagine for a moment, I know this is a bad example, but hear me out. I want you to imagine for a moment that Vulcans showed up to Earth 1800s-ish and... A black gentleman asked for asylum because they were a slave. And he's like, hey, please, please save me. Now, on the one hand, duh. But on the other hand, that is actually a more complex issue than it would seem at first glance. The right thing to do is apparent and obvious. But that is an issue. That is something. I mean, God's sakes, we had problems with that with our own species, for Christ's sakes. Now again, it's not that cut and dry because this is close. This is more on the the gradient, but you know, it's not chattel slavery. It's not disgust to horror slavery. Just just ugh. that would make this much simpler of an issue. Instead, this is admittedly more complex. Nevertheless, Charles does believe they are being mistreated and does actually request asylum. Okay. I want to point out something because this is important. Tucker. Trip, whatever you want to call him, does his due diligence and actually bothers to reach out to, understand, medically scan, consult the doctor. He doesn't just... Archer, at the end of the episode, just says, ah, oh, you just charged in without thinking. Which is stupid, because that's actually the exact opposite of what Tucker did. Tucker very carefully and precisely worked his way through this situation, made sure he was right first, covered his bases... 
did the scans, consulted the expert, then having determined that this is a person who is a sentient sapient being, at least medically, is like, okay, let's reach out and see if reading is something that'll work out. Reading works out, so then it progresses, right? And now they have the opportunity and ability to decide. Now, I've never heard anyone defend this episode, so I'm curious to see your guys' comments in the section. But one of the, the arguments I came up with for someone might have in the favor of this episode is, well, you know, if they were built for this, if they were cool with this, or if it's just their culture, excuse me for spitting that word for a moment, culture, there we go. I'll explain why in a second. Then, you know, it's totes coup, right? There's no issues. You know, they just walk up and they walk up to the, the cogenitors and say, hey, cogenitor, you a slave? The cogenitor says, I'm a slave. And then we're all cool, right? But instead, the argument here could also be leveled at the empath. You remember that? Perfect Mate, TNG, also came up in Enterprise. Now, I danced around that one a little bit, probably, you know, well, not probably, definitely because I was more hesitant uh, about covering such topics on the internet, and then I ran into DS9, and that had to go out the window because I was covering DS9. Thanks, DS9, I needed that. <laughs> but you know they do he does his due diligence they request asylum asylum now what now in deference to the episode the way that it is directed and shot and again huge credit to burton alavar burton because the way it's shot they don't they skip all they chop they chop all the fat out it is pure rib meat right there it's just Show up, sad face, Tucker looks down to the side, ships break apart, final farewell. They don't have to show anything else, because we understand and we know exactly what happened. And it all lines up beautifully. They don't even show the conversation with the with the, the foreign captain, with Andreas Katsalas' captain. See, did they name him? Oh, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and then they cut to the big scene. Now, what's my problem with this episode? Well, I have two major problems with this episode. Only one of which has been addressed so far. Up until now, this has actually been a pretty decent episode. R relatively well-directed, reasonably well-guest-starred, uh, and it's a concept episode, which is the kind of thing Braga tends to be good at. And it, it's true. He, he likes to do high-concept stuff. I'm with that. Sometimes. And the concept here is, we have first contact, but, oh, they're horrible. Well, we've got to do something about it, but it goes badly. Now... I say I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I should actually rewind. I'm okay with it right up until Archer gets back to the ship, which is actually before the scene I just referenced. Forgive me. Because then Archer reads the riot act to Tucker. This is the official moment the episode loses me. Archer is actually furious at Tucker. Livid about how much he has jeopardized this first contact mission, which if there were some political undertones here, I think that would actually salvage the scene a bit. You know, Archer is upset about the political situation, whereas Tucker is upset about the personal one. But no, instead, uh, Archer is right, capital R, because he's captain, and Tucker is wrong because he's in opposition to the captain. Even Paul brings this up earlier. Twice. So, no, Archer is right, because he always is, and Tucker is in the wrong. And the episode slants it that way hard. What's interesting is that what immediately follows this is a scene, again, good good directing, good good editing job here, um, follows a scene 
where Archer is sitting there talking to the three main guest stars of the other thing, and not counting the one who was having sex with Reed, and decides to be like, hey, you know, asylum has been requested. Archer gives a few arguments in favor of his side, for lack of a better way to put it. You know what the other side's arguments are? Because there are two of them. One, well, this is unfair to us. And two, culture. I should have kept track of how many times they use that word. They actually overuse that word in that scene. It's actually, it, it's something that, uh, it can happen in natural dialogue, but most writing, uh, you know, professors, writing teachers will tell you, try to use, ha have a thesaurus. Try not to overuse a word, especially immediately following it. Because they just, culture, 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 culture. And that's their big argument. It's our culture to oppress and abuse. Now, you guys know me, or more accurately, you probably don't know me at all. But if you're watching this, there's a decent chance you have been watching me for at least a little bit up till now. And you probably know that I'm pretty tolerant. I'm actually literally the most tolerant person I know. Whether that's good or bad, take your pick. If you want to be different about a lot of things, I'm cool. Right? There are limits and there are lines. And I think this is one of them. If your big argument is that it's the culture... Again, I, I, I repeat, rewind a second here. Let's go back to the argument with Vulcans and... <sighs> Slavery. I don't even like that word. Slavery. Now again, that was chattel slavery, so that's more cut and dry than this situation. And I will acknowledge that. This is more nuanced than that. I'm too angry, and I'm trying not to show it right now. But I'm too angry to think about another better example, so please forgive me, okay? Let's say it's a slave who's well-treated. There. There you go. Pretty much the same thing at that point, right? A, a, a piece of product that is traded around the rest and has no rights and no legal standing and exists as property. I think we've made the point. Okay? Now I want you to imagine that the big argument, the big argument, let's assume I'm the Vulcan here for a moment, which, funnily enough, I could probably actually manage, but let's just assume for a moment that I'm the Vulcan and... One of my fellow Vulcans is saying, you shouldn't force this upon them. It is their culture. And that's the argument. No. I have no other argument to give, really. I feel like the argument is self-apparent. No. But I wanted to quote something. Archer goes off. How many times have you seen a captain on this, on this series, uh, on this franchise, excuse me, Read the riot act to someone because they have to, because they're the captain and they have to be the boss. And and being the boss means you have to be the bad guy, right? I understand that. And then they either admit to themselves or admit to their friends or even admit to the person they're they're blasting. By the way, I agree with you on this point. I would have done the same thing. But they still have to blast them. That's not what happens here. Archer reads him the riot act and is actually furious and is actually 100% against Tucker on this one. He is livid that Tucker decided to reach out to this oppressed person to help them. After, and this is important, after doing due diligence and ensuring that this was not a misunderstanding, that this was not some mis mishap. In fact, if you look at this episode side by side, remember way back in the first episode where he was all upset about the boy and the woman and T'Pol says, maybe you should learn about other cultures before you just could judge? I feel like Tucker took that lesson to heart. Because he did. 
he asked, and he found out, and he did frickin' medical scans. <laughs> he did his due diligence, is what I'm trying to say. That's important, because that changes this from an impulsive, I gotta do the right thing type of argument, and into a, I believe that this is the correct course of action under the code of ethics that I adhere to. And there is a gap there. Uh, ethics, that's, that's a good word. Hang on, hang on. What was it you said, Archer, in literally the last episode? Because I wrote it down. If you can help someone, you are ethically bound to do so. Huh. Archer said that to Phlox when trying to convince Phlox to treat someone who was refusing treatment. Gosh. Huh. And yet Archer is absolutely virulently angry here. Credit to Bacula. He does a good job of this. About this whole thing. Did they ask you... To teach them to read. What? <laughs> How can they be asked something they don't even have a concept for? <sighs> Systemic corruption. Systemic is a word we use a lot for that. And some people disagree with its usage, and that's fine. I, I could agree with that, especially at a semantic level. But this kind of systemic uh, oppression generally, by its very nature, doesn't allow for people to have the cognizance to ask for help, because this is what they've always known. They and their, you know, parents? I'm not actually sure how that works with the third gender, now I'm thinking about it. What if the child is, is a cogenitor? They don't even answer any of this, of course, because Braga, while he's good at concepts, isn't really good at following through on them. <laughs> Whatever, let's move on from that. And then, the episode's already pissed me off. Then they had to get that last little bit in. Turns out, Charles committed suicide. And I don't blame them. I'd rather die than be a slave, too. And now that they have been introduced to the concept of slavery, they now understand what is being done to them. And thus, they chose this. I mean, wouldn't you? To be completely blunt. What else are you going to do? Your your own people are like, no, nah, no, you're not even a person. And the only people who might have been able to help just said, no, no, we can't help you. What else are you going to do? Well, you can go back to being a slave, or you can kill yourself. Pick. Now, that doesn't bother me, as weird as that sounds. In fact, I would argue that would be an excellent and powerful end to this episode. Then Archer gets angry again. And you, are, you see my problem with this, because the problem is, Archer is right. Capital R. He is, of course, incredibly wrong, but he is right. And so, Archer here... Mm, the episode is clearly constructed such that Archer is in the right, and thus anything else, any other perspective or thoughts on the matter are wrong. That is a very Berman and Braga thing. I, I hate to do it, but it's true. They, they tend to write episodes in exactly that manner. They've done that before on this very show. It always pisses me off when they do it. <laughs> but here they do it in a way that, in my opinion, not only flies in the face of logic, but is literally character assassination. The idea that Archer would look at the situation and be like, oh, this is all on you. And there's this bit where Tucker's like, why would they commit suicide? It's all my fault. I'm to blame. So because this is the other part. This, this is how Archer is, in some ways, a Mary Sue. It's not just that Archer is right, capital R, but everyone else agrees with him or is wrong. 
then they tend to see the light. They tend to see the error of their ways by adhering to whatever it is that he is particularly pontificating upon. I'm sorry. I'm getting so. I'm getting even angrier just thinking about this. There's a reason I didn't even want to cover this one, because and I can't give this lamentation status because it's a good episode except for two scenes, and both of them have Archer in it. If Archer, if there was any level of nuance or detail here, but instead Archer just comes down hard like this was wrong. What you did, what you did was wrong. You were impulsive. No, he wasn't. And you insisted on forcing yourself. No, he didn't. And you, this is all your fault. You're damn right. You're to blame here. Learn to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions. Archer, piss off. A person is dead because of you. What? Oh, by the way, while Archer is preachifying, just to really hammer this point in, the music is that mythical flute music they they like to use ever since Voyager, which is usually the, you know, this is a uplifting scene of veneration and truth. This is the truth. Capital T. Ugh. Ow. It's okay, I didn't have my glasses. So my glasses are more important than me. I mean, I have a spare pair, but you know, they're they're shades. You you don't want me to be. I mean, could you imagine? It's like, okay, guys, sorry, this episode that would be a hell of a tagline, wouldn't it? This episode made me face palm so hard, I have to do the rest of the ruminations like this until my new glasses show up. Because <laughs> these are my spares. These are uh, these are prescription, so I can see in them. But uh, yeah. I hate this goddamn episode. And it's so frustrating, especially because it was so close to a really good episode. And if not for the excessive... I don't even know what to call it anymore. If not for the Archer scenes, I would probably have actually enjoyed this one. As you might imagine from my reaction last week, I did remember this one walking into it. All right, real talk for a second, guys. How off base am I? I don't mind admitting that I'm a flawed, dumb moron who was wrong, but I am legitimately curious of your guys' thoughts and opinions and perspectives, and I would like to hear your guys' thoughts on this one. Next week we have an episode that, well, is a little bit less infuriating to go through. So I hope to see you guys there. <laughs>